0: from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and The ticketfm.com. Made it. It's Friday. It's somewhat football season, I suppose, because we have uh, decided to do this thing we call the Spring Game tomorrow, and uh, we're gonna talk all about it today. It's an exciting couple of days, exciting weekend. If you don't know, well, you should know because we've talked about it for a couple of days. But if you don't know, we're gonna be at Tibsitas, Eighth and Q, in the Haymarket tomorrow, starting at 10:30 a.m. Nick Sainer joining you. Rico's gonna join me here in a moment. We're going to switch it up. Normally, so part of the weekend festivities, as Husker fans know, includes Frank Solich coming to Lincoln. And uh, he's going to actually speak to the media around 1.45 today. So I'm going to get out of here a little before then. Go down there, listen to what Frank Solich, the, the former Husker head coach, has to say. Normally, on Fridays, we have Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska on at 1.30. But today, we're going to move him up to 1 o'clock. Rico is calling Zach right now. And uh, at one thirty you guys are going to hear, in case you missed it a couple weeks ago, I think we, I, we talked to him on March 31st, and that is Frank Solich. Um, when I filled in for the good old Jake Sorensen on early break, myself, Steve Sippel, and Bill Bush talked to Frank Solich, and so we're going to replay that conversation for you with the Husker head, the former Husker head coach at in the second segment, so stick around, that's a really, really good um, conversation with the the legendary coach, Frank Solich, that one, once again, will come up at 1.30, and then Rico will close out the show uh, with Austin and Strick, and Rico, are you okay? You stubbed your toe coming no, back into I, the studio. I nailed my knee okay, on the door. Okay, you nailed your knee on the door, are you okay? I think i'm dead okay well rico's half alive and he's uh, over there on the other side of the table so oh, as so much. as always 402-464-5685 the honda lincoln hotline the Sarter Heyman text line both those open for you guys the entire way um thomas and lincoln says wow look at nick ditching rico again rico I-, I need you to defend me here
1: why i'm the one that makes fun of you okay so so <laughs> at least when i ditch you it's for good reason I don't just ever ditch you just to ditch you. Well, I told him yesterday. I don't know if you're actually a class. You could have graduated in December for I could all have. I know. If, if, if that's the case, you're out here writing um, fake papers. Yeah. Well, so who knows?
0: Uh, Chase B sarcastically says, I would have never guessed you guys are going to be at Tipsy Tina's on Saturday after listening to you all week.
1: Well, Chase. Hey, Chase, guess
0: what? We're, we're going to be at t- Tipsy Tina's. Tipsy Tina's, 8th and Q in the Haymarket. And, you know, somebody that's never stopped by Tipsy Tina's while we're there is Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska. Now, I get it that Zach is. Mo- just moved or just finished moving Zach maybe hates, to no, Lincoln no Zach hates us but Zach hates us so we bring in with that Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska Zach what's up man happy Friday
1: oh I love you guys what are you talking about
2: ah. I, I definitely don't talk crap about you behind your back as soon as we hang up <laughs>
0: that's funny that's funny our, our our mutual friend Steve says something else oh well uh, he's spreading
2: false rumors he's trying to tear tear us apart I think he wants to have, uh, have build a have built a uh, corner of the market. I'm sure on Inside Nebraska reporters coming on your <laughs> on your radio show, but I actually have been to Tipsy Tina's once uh, a couple months ago. Uh, are, are they a sponsor? They are. They are. They are so we can oh, talk well, then, about in, them. In that case, I absolutely love Tipsy Tina's. And <laughs> yeah, I was definitely uh, not underwhelmed. Their margaritas, yeah. like I got, they have like they have two different sizes, and I went with the larger one. Obviously, yep. yep. And it was like holy bleak. Like this is a lot more liquid than I anticipated.
0: I not the margarita was gonna be that exactly. That big. We, oh. we we just we just got a text on our text line from uh rubber duck from LinkedIn is the text line name asking us what is our favorite margarita flavor. So uh I will mine I, I gotta go with the mango. Mango margarita is really oh, good.
1: Yeah. A mango is pretty good. Um,
0: I so
2: have mango uh, habanero, I think it's oh, called. at Bichachos Because I went there a second time a couple weeks ago. Good I'm choice. Like, All right, there well, we go with the uh,
0: tahini on
1: the rim. Oh Are, yeah, that, that 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 extra little yeah. kick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rico, favorite, favorite margarita favorite. flavor? Oh, you give me that strawberry margarita, Kay. and and we're gonna have problems.
0: Now, now, Zach, here's a question for you because I just started dipping into like the tequila world. Um. As, as a 22-year-old, I just started dipping into the tequila world. And so I would ask, what's better in your eyes, a blended margarita or a, a non-blended margarita?
2: Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm 29. And I don't even know the difference.
0: Well, one one sick. one is one is blended with ice, and one is just with cubed ice, and it's just got just a liquid in around. it. Mixed uh, around.
2: I like that one, then. Uh, okay. Non, uh, non-blended. Non-blended, ice. but
0: just the cubed ice. Okay.
2: Oh, yeah, all right, I'm a cube dice kind of guy. thought you knew that.
1: Okay. You seem like a cube I should, I should know. Shoot, you seem I'm like sorry. a cube dice kind of guy very uh, <laughs> very fancy.
2: I was about to say I have no idea what that means. But well, I'll, I'll roll with it.
1: Somebody texted in and said, "Tell Zach it's
0: slushy or non slushy. Which one would you like?" Non slushy for the for non-slushy. the children. <laughs> All right. Well, twenty um, nine year old Zach Carpenter joins us of Inside Nebraska on the show. Zach, it's a it's an exciting weekend. I mean, it's going to start. It's going to really begin here in about thirty minutes or so when when we get to talk to Frank Solich. I mean just uh, how excited are you to kind of see the product on Saturday? But then also, I mean, there's, there's festivities with Herbie and, and with Frank Solich coming back.
2: Yeah, I was just telling Rico this, and I was uh, talking about it uh, with one of our subscribers on the Insiders board today. Like, I've never in my life, as either a fan of college football or covering for it for a living, I've never in my life been excited for a spring game.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, I mean they're just usually glorified practices. I mean, it's it's fun, but it's not like, it usually isn't that telling, and I've never really been that excited for it until this one. Um, and I'm, obviously, there be people saying, like, well, yeah, it's good you covered Nebraska. It's like, well, yeah, but if I wasn't excited for it, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't say it. I wouldn't say I'm not mm-hmm. excited for it, but I would just not address it, but I am. Like, the fact that, they're planning to have it be an actual uh, traditional game and the four 15 minute quarters and quarterbacks fully live, which is really, really intriguing and exciting because I mean, uh, watching highlights of uh, the different spring, game, spring games across the country. And I was, I've been so locked into this. We're going to get uh, live quarterbacks mm-hmm. for the Nebraska game. I've been so locked into that, uh, sort of knowing that was the plan um and then you watch some of the highlights and no one's getting tackled i'm like oh yeah that's right this isn't the norm um so i think that's really fun and um and important for all the reasons we will mention of wanting to see his quarterbacks take hits uh dish them out and uh, like satterfield said you can actually the quarterbacks play better they uh, play a little um a little looser i guess would be the term just Losers pre- might not even be the word, but it's just like you—they play like actual quarterbacks when they're mm. actually allowed to be a quarterback. Go figure. Um, but I mean, there I, there's so many different uh, different questions and thoughts, things I'm watching and uh, a juicy storylines like going into it. So could spend an hour talking about that, and I wrote over four thousand freaking words on uh, that and two part story that went today. It's supposed to be one part and meant to have it be two thousand words total and about two A. M. last night I wrapped up. I was done with it and I did a word count and forty one hundred. I'm like, all right, well I went a little yeah went a little too hard to paint there. But um it's just because that, that's how much how many uh different things we could talk about or ask going into the game. Um and then yeah, you have the festivities of, of Herbie Husker and um and Frank Solich, which is the second one, is obviously more impactful because just as a, as a short note, just another telling thing of how Trev Alberts and Matt Rule are number one in line with each other, uh, with their thinking and their, um, their visions of, uh, and also bringing back, welcoming back former coaches and former players to the building. I mean, getting Solich there is, uh, top-notch uh, if you're going to bring back um, former former coaches and players in the building. So that's exciting. Really um, really can't wait for the halftime ceremony when he's introduced. I mean, there's going to be standing mm-hmm. ovation. Um, if probably, even if the weather's not as ideal, There, that stadium's still going to be packed for a spring game. So that's the other thing I'm, I'm really excited about. It's my first Nebraska spring game. It's like, all right, we're gonna get. That's true. We're gonna get a crowd. Um, I'm, I'm really, uh, really happy about
0: that. We're, we're talking to Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska, and, and Zach, I, when you look at the quarterbacks specifically and how they are going to be live, um, as you mentioned just just a couple minutes ago, I mean that's going to give you a, as a Husker fan and and I guess as somebody that covers the team. Kind of indirectly tells you that they they must have gotten out of spring relatively healthy.
2: Yeah, I think they did. I mean, we haven't heard any rumblings uh, or reports from anybody who is uh, who was banged up pretty bad. Just and rule hasn't um, hasn't mentioned any major injuries, which mm-hmm. I th- I think he would. He's been pretty damn honest about that type of stuff. Um, maybe not. Specifics necessarily about what guys are dealing with, but he's been, I think he's been pretty open about the The health updates—you um, dodged a bullet, obviously, with Ben Scott's knee not being not being serious as serious as a, he initially thought and the team initially thought. Elijah Judy's the main one um, who uh, rolled his ankle during the scrimmage last Saturday. It doesn't sound like anything major, but. He might wind up being held out for precautionary reasons, which, uh, a little disappointing because you'd love to see him at such a, a massively important position. But, um, if, if he's held out, it's going to be probably better for the long term. Um, but he, he might, he might go. I'm just, that's just kind of my conjecture. Yeah. Um, and then there are a couple other minor injuries, uh, like Noah Polo Gates. Rule said say tweak something the other day. So, yeah, I mean, pretty healthy and it's kind of funny because on one hand, it's like, wow, like they're, if they're being as, uh, uh, live quarterbacks and if they're being as physical as, uh, as rule wanted to be like going into the spring, if they had, um, sort of that violent spring ball that is necessary, it's like, Oh, okay. Like, um, there are going to be injury risks involved and to come out healthy. is pretty, um, it's pretty nice, but also it's like what Satterfield said. I think it was Satterfield said the other day. Um, if you're, if you're able to play, like if you're able to play, just like you're normally playing football, then there's almost sometimes less injury risk than if you're trying to just sort of, um, tiptoe around it and be cautionary, cautious on the field. So,
1: Something that's slightly related to the injuries and, and something that I, I found really interesting after listening to Rule yesterday is that the offensive line will be in gray jerseys so that they can have them playing on, on both teams, red and white. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I feel like I'm, I'm really interested in seeing the, the types of combinations of offensive linemen that they throw out there for the first and second team and, and what have you. And, and just how how tired maybe those guys end up getting by playing kind of sort of both sides of the ball
2: yeah i was uh glad that rule talked about that yesterday because i was interested how that situation is going to be handled um and yeah nine i think there's numbers nine healthy scholarship offensive linemen then um because there's a couple early enrollees who haven't or a couple 2023 20, signees who aren't on campus yet um then a bunch of walk ons uh walk ons in addition to that. So um I do wonder if we're gonna maybe later in the game we start seeing offensive linemen rotate mid series and probably he's gonna see a lot of snaps for the walk on guys and um as as Rule has mentioned, I mean he thinks there's a couple offensive linemen who are scholarship guys on the roster. So maybe it'll be one more One more opportunity and a major spotlight for those guys to prove themselves that they they are deserving of of a scholarship or or increased uh, increased practice reps with the with the twos. So yeah, I mean, there could be some uh, fatigue once we hit like the third quarter, but that's the other uh, another reason for the essentially running clock. Uh, throughout the throughout the spring game is to try to maximize the time and um, help out with the thin thin offensive line numbers.
0: We're talking to Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska and Zach one one comment that Matt Rule said yesterday in in his little presser was that they're not going to be vanilla with the playbook. We know Marcus Satterfield's gonna call all the plays. And I feel like this might have been a quote that kind of went under the radar to some because for Husker fans in years past it's been nothing but vanilla nothing but the basic plays and so when when you hear that how much benefit and how much value is there knowing that like marcus satterfield is going to call this like a game and, and they're going to they they are kind of continuing with and adding on to that mantra of this is a football game and nebraska's just got to learn how to play football
2: yep that was one of the three biggest takeaways that i wrote about last last night after the after his presser was we're going to get a real playbook. Um, I had to rephrase it when I wrote it because I said full playbook. Mm-hmm. Um, but phrasing is important because we're obviously we're not going to see the full playbook or full assortment of, of, uh, of schemes and designs. I mean, even if they had that installed and we're full, we're comfortable running out of full playbook, we wouldn't see that, but we're going to see a real playbook. Um, there's not going to be a bunch of bogus um, stuff that, They'll never run in a million years once the regular season kicks off. Yeah. So uh, this extra, extra reps, uh, really valuable reps um, that we're going to see on Saturday, and we we had talked throughout the week that uh, like at Inside Nebraska with Steve and Stephen Greg, like that sat, last Saturday scrimmage was going to be much more valu- most likely going to be much more valuable than the spring game. And still true, that was probably more valuable, but I don't know, we might have, um, that might not be the case anymore, but it was much more valuable than the spring game. If they're going to, if they're going to play this thing out, as, uh, as Rule anticipates in the way they're talking, like, it's going to be, um, it's going to be a pretty impactful uh, capper to, to spring ball.
0: Zach, I, I, one other thing you guys wrote about there over at, at Inside Nebraska, it, you wrote an article regarding um, a one single question for each offensive position. And, and for running back, you bring up Gabe Irvin, you, you mention Anthony Grant. I mean, w- I guess this is kind of a two-parter question. What do we expect to see when you look at this running back room? And obviously we're not going to have all of our questions answered by April 23rd, but I mean, we're sitting here and the scholarship number is looming. Is there a chance that Nebraska sees not only some attrition from some bigger-name guys in that running back room, and kind of what do you expect to to see, and and who's the leader in that room, if you had to take a guess?
2: See, I think Gabe Irvin's the way they talk about him and the way we've seen him on the field when he's healthy, I would say he's probably the the leader in that room and, I mean, maybe the most... uh, whether you want to say most talented or most valuable um, just with his running style and his his physical running style. He's not afraid. I mean, that guy is not afraid of contact. He runs hard Mm -hmm. and he's, uh, he's fast. Rule said he's one of the fastest guys on the team, even at six feet and up to 221 pounds as of March 23rd, March 20th, beginning of spring ball. Um, So I think he's come along. He's, uh, he's been one of the stars of the off season as as uh as rule put it um but aj allen i mean he was uh, he was well on his way last year before he got hurt to uh substantial role as the as the number two behind anthony and grant maybe he would have been able to overtake grant for the number one spot and grant someone who i think because of how exciting the the come-up has been for for Gabe Irvin this offseason and with A.J. Allen being as talented as he is, I think Grant sometimes gets lost among that shuffle. And um, It's also a product of the second half of the season. I mean, first five games, he ran for 600 yards, five touchdowns on 114 carries, and then last seven games of the season, ran for almost half of that amount of yards, 315 on almost the same Matt carries, 104. Um, so curious to see how Barthol has worked with him with the drill work they do of um, working on lowering your shoulder, running through the offensive line, like running through contact instead of what Grant started to rely on during those struggles was sort of dancing around in the in the backfield or just sort of trying to juke or make, make guys miss instead of just powering through them and um gaining that three or four yard four yard run instead of trying to hit a home run because he had so much success with that early season uh early in the season against north dakota and um and indiana especially but um and georgia southern so i don't know i i know they feel awesome about that room um Emmett Johnson is the low man on the totem pole, but I think it's wait. I think it would be too early to see him make a move. Um, I, like I've said before, I don't like speculating on specific transfer candidates. Yes. yes. Um, but uh, I know that I know that staff likes him. I mean, they they love his vision and um, the way he the way he sort of attacks, like going through the line of scrimmage. I mean, and you heard Barthol on the if you saw the running back video they put out on their Twitter account last week. He, or earlier this week, he said, one of the things that stood out was he was telling one of the running backs. I forget who run the ball with your eyes, run with your eyes. It's, um, it was was uh, kind of a cool little coaching tidbit. And Emma Johnson's got that vision. I don't, I don't think he'll have much of a role as a running back this season, but I think you're going to see him quite a bit on special teams. If, uh, as he continues to progress that he was out there. Um, the first practice we saw running alongside Josh Gleeks as part of that number one kick return unit. Um, so even the little man on the totem pole in the running back mm-hmm. room still is, is talented enough and valuable enough to make an impact on special teams. But I mean, that's a, that's a really talented group with one of the best up and coming coach, uh, coaches in the country in Barthol. So, it's really exciting,
0: Zach. Last one before we let you go. Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska joining us. Uh, we got about three minutes left or so. W- when you kind of look ahead, um, obviously not too far, but we look ahead to Saturday night, tomorrow night. What is what's going to be the headline if you had to put your predictor cap on? Uh, what, what's what are we? What are people going to be talking about?
2: Uh, Seven hundred rushing yards and five touchdowns behind Perfect. your Perfect. Obviously, off obviously, that's. Bold prediction um i don't know probably i mean we're going to be talking about the offensive line good or bad i mean mm-hmm. either the offensive line or the pass rush i mean that's what happened last year from uh um everything i've gathered is the defensive line dominated the offensive line and i think the prevailing headline was oh this the pass rush is going to be awesome um but it turned out that they were not awesome yeah, and the offensive line was was likewise not awesome. Well, it was
0: um, it was it was a two hand touch game last year, so you you barely were able to understand anything from last year or gather anything.
2: Yeah, and yeah, that's the like we talked about before. That's the added uh, bonus of of making quarterbacks live and having it be yeah. physical and not tagging off, as Miles Farmer once said. Which, as a aside, that's still my favorite pressure because he was just they just got killed by Oklahoma and mm-hmm. he was pissed off and he still he faced the music uh that game and he was clearly yeah. frustrated He's like we have been tagging off for four years what do you expect <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like I don't blame you I'm like I don't blame you man I don't blame you <laughs> so, um but I think the number one thing I, that I'm going to be looking for and I think will be talked about outside of like individual performances that catch our eye is obviously turn to the quarterbacks i mean mm-hmm. i know we talk about it all the time but and sort of be it over the head uh, be it over people's heads but i mean it's the most important position and it's not settled um and you have a really enticing potentially electric guy in jeff Sims who is um who's starting to he's starting to gain a foothold in that quarterback one qb1 one race i mean that was one question i had The number one question i had coming in the spring is the quarterback battle isn't really going to get started in, until fall camp was my my assertion going in um but would sims be able to um, gain some legitimate momentum and uh establish a legitimate foothold or how much of a foothold he would be able to establish in that in that race for the starting job and he's uh um, early early rumblings out of spring practice was he's a little little erratic with his with his throws um, I mean just whether it's accuracy issues or issues with throwing maybe a little too hard when it wasn't necessary like throwing some wild pitches and him and Satterfield both said number one thing to work on for, for him was consistency and uh, over the past two three weeks that's that's been happening in practice, where he's shown that consistent consistency with throwing. So, his accuracy and his uh, his processing of information in a really sort of notoriously complex offensive scheme in yeah. Satterfield is uh, is my main thing I'm going to be watching, and we'll see if that does wind up being number one takeaway. I mean, if, this spring, if Sims has a has an awesome spring game, I mean, that's good. Just drive the hype train even more.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're, you're probably right about that. We'll, uh, Zach, hey, we we appreciate it big time as always. Thanks for thanks for moving up about 25 minutes earlier than normal. Um, and I'm guessing I'll probably see you in about 20 minutes as well.
2: Yeah, Nick, I'll see you over there, Rico. I'll. I'll you'd never. Yeah, we'll,
1: we'll figure it out. Well, you know, I it, just it, hear your voice. Yeah, Nick's Nick's the only one that's allowed to go to these pressers because he thinks that he's special. <laughs> that's not true. That is not true. I always uh, say, "Hey, that's Nick."
2: That's, ha- that's what his mom does, and so
1: yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I always, on, man. I always say, "Hey, Nick, how about I go to one of these?" And he goes, "No, I, I, I go to these." And I go, oh, "Okay, my bad. Sorry, Rico. You, Sorry, want, <laughs> you, want, to, you <laughs> want to go to Frank Solich because you know that's sir. not true. With no, it's It's too late." Rico, tell Zach the conversation we had. just before I have I have work to get done. Because right. you have to leave, so I have to get the work done.
2: Trouble in paradise. <laughs> well, all right, I guess I'll yeah. be putting in my application for the new co-host, whoever gets uh, booted off here. Perfect. Your the guy's chemistry is going uh, down the toilet. The, the one that... <laughs> like that everybody. One,
0: it'd be interesting to see who who people would want booted off. You. It's probably... going
2: to be Survivor Radio Edition.
0: <laughs> all right, Zach, hey, we'll we'll talk to you soon, man. Have a mango habanero margarita sometime soon, and, and we'll, we'll see you in a little bit.
2: I uh, appreciate you guys. I'll see
0: you later. That is Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska. Good stuff as <laughs> always. Um anyway, oh so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna have a replay of a Frank Solich interview uh from early break, but I got the okay to play it mm-hmm. because I was on that episode yeah. because Jake was in Myrtle Beach. Yeah. And so we're gonna break um, it into two parts. You're gonna hear okay, cool. So you're gonna break it into two parts. Rico, you might have to like intro it and then okay hit, we'll see what but happens then uh we'll be good to go frank solich talked to the media in about f- 17 minutes yeah 17 yeah. minutes and so uh, i'm going to i'm going to skedaddle out of here have a great weekend 10:30 a.m. tipsy tinas 8th and q in the haymarket make sure you stick around uh, hang out with all of us at tipsy tinas as we get you ready for the spring game happy hour rolls on coming up next